1: Welcome to hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. I wish I had better news for you. Uh, our uh, governor of the state is stepping to the microphone today, at this hour, to give his State of the State address. And I wish that he was going to talk about school choice. I wish he was going to talk about the Protect Women's Sports Act. I wish he was going to talk about the SAFE Act. Uh, he's not. Because... He's a Republican in name only, and he's looking at these next four years as a period of time where he, in his own mind, hopefully has to come out into public like he is right now uh, only when he's forced to do so. He doesn't hold press conferences. He doesn't give you a chance to hear the questions asked by the precious few reporters who would ask them, Uh, me, Jack Windsor. That's pretty much the list right there. <laughs> uh, Governor Dwine has banned Jack Windsor in the, uh, of uh, of asking questions. He tried to ban him from his press conferences, period. He, he may have banned him from his press conferences. I don't know, but he's, he's there, and they're all standing and giving him a hand. And if I was a re- Republican in the Integrity Caucus, I'd sit down. I wouldn't give him a hand because he's not going to be advocating for anything that the leader of a General Assembly that has 67 of 99 House members who are Republican, and 23 of 30 senators who are Republican, he's not going to advocate for any of that. He's going to advocate for a bunch of Democratic policies. Mental health, spending on, you know, eradicating poverty. How much money, how many billions, how many trillions have we spent on the war on poverty since the Great Society in the mid-1960s? Is poverty diminishing? No. It's not. Why? Because... We don't follow principles of work hard, get ahead. We instead foolishly believe if we throw more money at a problem, the problem will go away. And the more you spend on a problem, typically the bigger the problem gets. Because the funny thing about people, human nature is, if you give them money for doing nothing, they'll do more of nothing, and you'll eventually have to give them more money. Because... (laughs) As you've noticed, perhaps over the past two years since Joe Biden became president, costs keep going up. Yes, they do. Now, why do I care so much about school issues? Oh, I'm a dad. I had a phenomenal school experience. In high school and college, not so much because I got to Ohio State and I realized like, "Mm, these people have some really funny ideas. And we're talking about the 1980s. I recognize that. I didn't put it all together. I've since put it together. As I've become a husband and a father, then you start to think about the other people that you're responsible for, providing, protecting, and you start to notice that a lot of the things that are in place are things that, A, don't follow biblical principles, and B, don't stand for the founding values of our country. And as I've dug more into how things happen in politics, I've realized that Shocker, once we got away from citizen public servants and we got into career elected officials, less got done and it cost us more to do less. So that's what I expect from Governor DeWine's state of the state today. I expect no commitment to school choice, which would fall under the umbrella of freedom. A little something that used to be prized here in America but is not anymore. Instead, Governor DeWine will shirk from taking on the teachers' unions, taking on the public sector unions because he doesn't have the stomach for it. He wants to sail into political retirement and the waters are murky and turbulent and troubled if you try to call out error and you try to stand against evil. Mike DeWine is a tiny man in terms of his commitment to the ideals that he espouses because he can hide behind two unmistakably impenetrable credentials when it comes to his conservatism. He can say, look at my record on pro-life issues and look at my record on guns. And so people say, well, you know, he's really pro-life and he's really Been a guy who's allowed for constitutional carry in the state of Ohio. So, yep, he's a conservative. Why do we allow him to get away with the minimums to authenticate his conservatism instead of insisting that he go all the way and meet the rest of us where we are? Well, because the alternative is even worse, Bruce. Yeah, it is. It is worse. And that underscores the problem with our politics, is that we have been conditioned to settle for the okay instead of insisting upon the exceptional. We are in many respects as a culture a reflection of the election recently of Scott Rowland to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland was a nice Major League player. He's not a Hall of Famer. Scott Rowland was never anywhere close to being even the best third baseman in Major League Baseball for like a year or two in a row, let alone for a decade or a half a decade. The Baseball Hall of Fame and most Hall of Fames have become the Hall of Very Good and Likewise. Our politics have become the hall of, can I get elected again? Is anybody running against me who might trump me in popularity? My name recognition, whoo, I lasted through that election. Maybe I'll run for another better office with more money and more access to power. Oh, no, it looks like a tough race. now. I better stay where I'm at. Or, hey, there's nobody running for it. I'll take it. That's what politics has become. An endeavor focused on what is best for the person who's in office. Not focused on what is best for the people you serve or supposed to serve with that office. Okay, so back to the accuracy and in media investigation of Kettering Schools because I do not want Rick Early the student services supervisor in Kettering Schools, to get away with anonymity for underscoring and demonstrating exactly what is wrong with our public schools. Last year, we had a push in the state of Ohio to get CRT banned from schools, to ensure the safety of our girls in locker rooms, in private spaces, in sports, because of Boys who say they're girls start to play girls' sports, well, that's the end of girls' sports. won't be right away, but it'll eventually be the end of girls' sports. It'll be the end of Title IX, which in the perfect circular firing squad logic of the Democrats, Title IX must be upheld by expanding its protections to gender identity. We have to uphold the law that established opportunities for females By allowing men to have those opportunities, which will, of course, ensure the disappearance of those opportunities for females. As I say, it's the circular firing squad logic of a Democrat. And Rick Early's all in on it. He's the student services supervisor of Kettering Schools. And he was on a hidden camera with accuracy in media talking about how they're not going to tell parents anything they absolutely positively can withhold from them, including gender identity issues of those parents, sons, and daughters.
0: We totally respect that confidentiality. Even if a kid comes to us and tells us they're trans, you know, um, the only time that we really get the parent involved when it becomes a bathroom issue, for example. Are there young boys that abuse the the bathroom thing? There is no doubt. There is no doubt in my mind. For some, though, it's, again, saying that there's a label put on them by their peers more so than mm-hmm. the district. Yeah. So they, they shy away from that.
1: Interesting, yeah.
0: yeah. But there are some who are like, I don't care about the label. Some don't care. You mm-hmm. I get a free show, I'm going. We have some that don't want to be identified as he or she, so we use the term they. Okay. Um, but that's another one. What if the state passes a dumb law? What do you do? What are they going to do? Most of I turned you into the states. The way I look at it, so right on. It's easier to beg for forgiveness than permission.
1: Uh, that should grease his departure from Kettering schools, if the administration there is worth anything. Because he is saying that they'll allow boys to go in girls' spaces, even though he knows there is no doubt in my mind—or his exact words, no doubt in my mind that there are boys who are using the facade of being a girl to go in private spaces of girls where they're in a compromised position because, and I quote, if I get a free show, I'm going. And what if the state says you can't do it? And Rick Early responds, what are they going to know? And it is easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. There you go. I have used on this show many times audio from the Megyn Kelly podcast. Um, I typically really enjoy the Megyn Kelly podcast except When Megyn Kelly does endless segments on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I think Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are a waste of my time and my brain cells. And so I do not need to hear about their every protestation against their persecution. But yesterday, Megyn Kelly was responding to criticism she has received for posting on social media Sunday during the Philadelphia Eagles NFC Championship game win over the San Francisco 49ers that a distinguished guest was in the house at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. None other than Dr. Jill Biden. Dr. Jill Biden, the First Lady of the United States of America. And Megyn Kelly said how silly it was that the CBS announcers, I guess it wasn't CBS, I think it was Fox, the Fox announcers were verbally bowing down to Dr. Jill Biden by calling her Dr. Jill Biden. She is not a medical doctor, by the way. She is a PhD of education from the University of Delaware. Yes, I know. They're not in the Ivy League, but she would have you think so. And Megyn Kelly, instead of apologizing, which, what's the first rule in this culture where they try to cancel you, demonize you, label you? What's the first rule? Never apologize. Never apologize. Ever. Megyn Kelly following the Bruce Hooley rule.
2: Dr. Jill likes us to call her doctor, no matter the setting you see, because it clearly makes her feel important. How sad. You would think that a woman of her age and status would not need to hear an academic title repeated everywhere before her name is said in order to feel worthy. But she clearly does because she has it said everywhere. They've been pushing this from Team Biden joe biden and jill biden for years for years now in every press release in every appearance they make they make sure you refer to her as dr jill biden even if she's not doing or saying anything at all to the point that even the football announcers on cbs news know we need to say it even the sports announcers know that's what you have to say and let's face it she's not a real doctor we all know it Real doctors go to college for four years and med school for another four and then internship and residency and fellowship. And then they take several boards and they have people's lives in their hands. That's who we know as doctor. When you say doctor, that's what we think of. Fake doctors like Dr. Jill, who insists everyone call them doctor all the time, live in academia for a few years after college and then run around trying to glob on to the respect and admiration we have for medical doctors. That's the truth.
1: That is the truth. Now, it's fine to call someone a doctor if they've gone to school and they're in their environment. You're in a psychiatrist's office or something like that. It's fine. But as Megan Kelly points out, there's a reason why Joe Biden is obsessed with being called a doctor. And Megan notes, she herself is not, nor was her father.
2: She's the first person I have met who actually wants to be called doctor everywhere and in any context. Now, I got nothing against PhDs. My dad was a PhD in education like her. He taught PhD students. My dad hated it when people called him Dr. Kelly. He insisted that his students call him Professor Kelly, and he would never have wanted somebody outside of the university context to call him doctor or professor. She wants it everywhere, whether you're interviewing her about her academic field, teaching, or not. Why is that? Clearly, she has got an inferiority complex to the husband. She has said as much. That's why she even got her doctorate to begin with. She wanted to feel important. And now we all have to participate in this fiction that she's a doctor, as we understand that word. Whoopi Goldberg fell for it. She once said that she should be the Surgeon General. (laughs) So dumb. I'm a doctor, too, Whoopi. I'm a doctor. I actually am a doctor. I'm a jurist doctor, which I guarantee was harder to get than her doctorate, though I have never in my life asked people to call me doctor. And any lawyer who ever did that would be mocked to high heaven.
1: Yeah, if you're a lawyer, you're a jurist doctor. We don't call lawyers doctors. And she's right. It is harder to become a jurist doctor than it is to become a PhD of education from Delaware. But this is all part of the language game that the left plays. As Megyn Kelly underscores.
2: It's so typical of the left these days. We have to use the exact words that they tell us to or we are being disrespectful. We have to engage in their fantasies about themselves, whether it's the men who are now women and the pronouns have to be said, and words like field and rule of thumb have to be banned, and, oh, just shut up. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do any of that. But I will, when Dr. Jill Biden comes on this show, introduce her by her title of choice. However, I will judge her a little and think she's kind of needy in a way that's unbecoming.
1: We have to engage in their fantasies about themselves. Could there be a clearer way to demonstrate the foolishness Of the entire left agenda. The whole words are triggering. I feel so unsafe. Because why? We dare to confront your erroneous ideas? You can't even discuss them? You can't defend them? No, you can't defend them. So no, you won't discuss them. Conservatives are different. As I say often, the reason why people lie is because they don't have the truth on their side. And those who do not have the truth on their side will not engage in debate because they know they won't win. This is why people like Megyn Kelly and Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro make leftists and Marxists and Democrats, but I repeat myself, look foolish whenever those Democrats try to defend their position. Precious few of them will even try. Because they know that they do not have truth on their side. Joe Biden cannot write you a prescription For an antibiotic, she is not a doctor in the recognized sense of the word doctor, which is where you go to get healed from a disease or to get a diagnosis for some kind of sickness that you are experiencing. Jill Biden can tell you how to pair a preposition with a noun or verb. She cannot tell you what to take from the pharmacy so that you get over a sore throat. But she insists upon her title being uttered every single time because, as Megan Kelly said, she feels inferior to her husband. And why would she feel inferior to her husband? She is not inferior to her husband. No wife is inferior to their husband. A wife is a helpmate to their husband. And anyone who is supposedly a devout Catholic would understand First and foremost and above all, who they are in Christ, someone who was worthy of his sacrifice for them on the cross. But Jill Biden, though she parrots that as part of her resume, prioritizes instead her phony title as Dr.